0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone.
2: I'm your host, and I'm your social worker with a microphone, Catherine Zox, here on Voice America, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Lauren Beller. How are you this morning, Lauren?
3: Good morning, Catherine. I'm here, and... (laughs) Well, I'm glad you are here, because you were here last week. I don't know
2: where you were, but you weren't with me, and I needed you. Oh, right. I'm back. So I'm punishing you because now my first guest, we're going to start off right, you know, usually we bring our guests in later, but I've got my first guest and he's ready to go, Dr. William Cooper. Uh, next month is Heart. Months, we all know that. I know that. I come from a family of heart disease, so I'm always interested in these interviews about heart health. But keeping the heart healthy is a year-round proposition. Very true. Dr. William Cooper, Chief of Cardiovascular Surgical Services at Wellstar Kenstone Hospital, an assistant professor of cardiothoracic surgery at Emory University, very prestigious school of medicine, says there are three pillars or keys to heart health. So welcome to the show, Dr. Cooper. Nice to have you on this morning.
4: Good morning, Catherine, and I think that was Lauren also. How are you all? i
2: good. Thank you. I hope we're healthy. I hope our good, hearts are healthy. Good. I don't know about mine, so um, this is important information. Yes, and uh, so tell us, Dr. Cooper, what is the first pillar of heart health?
4: Yeah, there, there are three pillars, and uh, the first pillar of the uh, Life Supplemented Consumer Wellness Campaign uh, is exercise. And the current recommendation for that exercise is about 30 minutes, uh, six days a week. Uh, It's also about responsible use of supplements that may benefit your overall wellness as well as your heart health. Uh, And the third pillar is diet. Uh, I really don't like to use the word diet. I generally like to say that it's healthy nutrition habits. So those are the three pillars, exercise, responsible use of supplements, all right, well, let's start with exercise, yes.
2: um, because you say, what, six days a week, 30 minutes a day of exercise, but that's yes. a general kind of thing, and does it matter how old you are, what kind of health you are in, what kind of exercise? I mean, are you talking about just walking or lifting weights or doing something even more strenuous than that.
4: I think, I think regardless of the type of exercise, first of all, you need to, to engage in this type of activity. When we talk about that 30 minutes, six days a week, what we're talking about is any activity that's going to do one thing. And the target, the thing that you should your metric, okay, is your heart rate. And that heart rate, if you can measure your heart rate, uh, how do you get there? You can do it. There's a lot of new little devices out there. You can check your pulse right at the wrist. I don't recommend checking your pulse in your neck because if you push too, too hard, you may pass out. Okay? <laughs> so any, any type of exercise, you need to take stock and, and sort of try to understand exactly where you are. On the Life Supplemented website, there's a My Wellness scorecard that can help you begin to sort sort of start making an assessment uh, of exactly what your wellness is like right now, okay? Use that as a guide. But exercise itself six days a week, young, old, everybody should be doing this, but think about the target heart rate, okay? When you do it, 220, so you say, what is that? 220 minus the age, and there's a factor of about .85, for women because they won't be able to get up to uh, that heart rate, uh, the same heart rate in most cases as men. So we factor in a .85, okay? But at any age, exercise is going to be beneficial for you.
2: So you're saying, Dr. Cooper, after you do your exercise, then you come back and you take your heart rate, and it
4: should be 220 minus 60. Uh, uh, 220 minus 60. If you're 60. (laughs) your, Your target heart rate, okay, should be 220 minus your age, okay? So if you're 40 years old, okay, Uh, like myself, okay, then I should be trying to get a heart rate maximum of about 180, okay, uh, and try to maintain that for about 30 minutes. That's fairly vigorous, okay? I would say clock that down a little bit. Clock that back a few steps uh, if you're older, okay, if you're on medications, if you have heart problems. But, again, engage your doctor. Engage all of the people around you who are involved with your overall wellness uh, and think about, Getting a partner, getting a wife, a husband, somebody else engaged in the process with you. Yeah, I think when
2: you do that, you tend you'll go out and you'll do it. If you have a partner in it, if you're sharing the information, if you're exercising with somebody else, if you're trying to do it on your own, I think a lot of people just stop doing it. becomes too boring. You know, six days a week having to exercise, everybody has excuses. It's too expensive, um, or you know, it's too time consuming. But in the long run, it's not. You have to do it every day. Half. Of, that's not very much, actually, a half an hour every day. No.
4: I mean, let's think That's 168 hours in a week, okay? But so what I'm asking for, what we're asking for is about three of those hours, 1.7% of your time for 110% uh, return on your investment, okay? Uh, but then also think about adding a supplement, making sure you're taking your vitamins, making sure that you look into some, some of the other supplements that have some heart health benefits, like omega-3 fatty acids, taking fiber, regularity, lowering and modulating cholesterol, and then watch what you eat. Focus on the fruits and vegetables first.
2: Dr. Kuber, let me ask you this about the supplement thing. I know that a lot of doctors, I've, it's sort of come my friends and family, I hear them saying omega-3 you know, fatty acids, what is it, omega-3s yeah. are the are great for you. I eat salmon like three days a week. I think those have omega-3s. Yeah. But now they're starting to recommend, they being doctors, uh, cod liver oil, that old stuff that our grandmothers used to <laughs> re- recommend. <laughs> One of my friends called me up and she said, oh, my doctor said I should be taking cod liver oil. What do you think? I said, well, I don't think it could hurt you. And Is that an omega-3? Uh,
4: yeah, it also has omega-3. It has uh, also omega-6 uh, fatty acids, which have also been shown to be uh, uh beneficial uh, but I tell you I used to take the cod liver oil as well and uh, when I was growing up but let me tell you the problem with it and, and being able to comply with that is you know the taste uh, and sometimes you got to think about that so some of the newer preparations out there are more concentrated um, and so you know I think there are less offensive if you will <laughs> not about the whip way, ways to get your omega-3 than, than the old cod liver oil.
2: But can you do it just through food? I'm one of these purists and thinking, well, all I need to do is if I eat right, and I do, and I'm very disciplined, and I know Lauren, my co-host, is as well, can you just eat your way through it and not have to take supplements if you're eating the right foods all the time?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think I think you really have to to realize, and let's let's do the reality check, and the fact of the matter is most Americans are not. You may be. I mean, you may be able to eat a bucket of fruits and vegetables every day, but most people can't. So. Uh, I, I think it's important, and if you want to be consistent about it, I think the easiest way to do that is just to add a multivitamin, add the fiber, get some vitamin B and C in your system. Calcium is especially and particularly important uh, for women after the menopause. So, yeah, I, I think, yes, you can eat your can you eat your way there? Yeah, sure you can. You can try it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is when we look at surveys of large numbers of people uh, trying to do that, most of us fall short. Let's, let's talk about the fiber, for example. 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day is on average about what most Americans get. Uh, but the recommendation, depending upon the source that you look at, the National Academy of Sciences, for example, recommends almost 40 grams a day over the age of 50. So uh, you're going you're gonna to be hard-pressed to get there uh, with eating your way there. Okay? So eating
2: your way to 40 grams, what does that <laughs> entail? Give
4: us an example. Uh, yeah, what would yeah, you yeah, have I to mean, do? For, I mean, so just to, okay, uh, an apple, for example. An apple has about 3 grams of fiber per apple, okay? So there you go. You'd have to eat 10 to 15 apples a day, Catherine. Uh, to get that. <laughs> I mean, I love apples, but I'm not sure I want to eat a bucket of apples every day. Okay. So, well, so I, just, I, I live
2: in New York State. It's the second biggest apple producer in the <laughs> country. <laughs> but...
4: <laughs> I think that's great, but let me tell you, you guys, yeah. that would be very interesting. So, so what I do is, in my very busy schedule, is I get up in the morning, I start with the exercise. Uh, When I'm done, I go and I take my multivitamin, I I shake up my my fiber drink, I pop that down, uh, and then I grab my two omega-3 tablets, and I'm done. So I I don't really, so on a busy schedule uh, such as mine, I don't have to think about it very much at all, then I'm done with that for the day. And then I'm going to go ahead and continue to supplement, even the supplement, if you will, the the way I do it, uh, with all of those fruits and vegetables and a big salad during uh, the middle of the day. So... I think there's ways for you to get there, um, eating your way there. Um, I think that's, you know, that's great, but in reality it doesn't happen. For most of them. But Dr. Cooper, now, you're, you said you're 40,
2: so you're young. Yes. Um, uh, at what point do you start taking these supplements? I mean, do 20-year-olds or 25-year-olds or 30-year-olds, should they be taking supplements no, and I, stuff, or are they just, can they just eat the right kinds
4: of foods? I think you ought to think about vitamins for your children. I think we should be thinking about these things when, you know, kids and they're growing. Uh, years, it's very important for bone health, uh, for, uh, development of the nervous system, especially kids that are growing rapidly when they hit puberty. So I think you ought to think about it at that point in time in your life and continuing it in all of your life because if you, if you want to think about it, we're sort of taking advantage a little bit, uh, of the fact that, you know, all of us, some, in some ways, want to, we want a quick fix, okay? Uh, but I think this is a good quick fix because you can pick up the vitamins. Uh, pop it in every morning, make it a part of your daily routine, uh, and move on. But I think that really should start when you're at a very, very young age. Parents should think about it, uh, certainly for the children who are in their growing years. Now, is this going to do anything to prevent heart disease?
2: Let's say you come from a family where you have poor heart health as a result of genetics.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, in You know, a parent, at least one parent, two parents. Like I had one parent who died at 66 of heart disease, so I have a bad history on one side. If you start young, follow these three pillars. Is this going to help you to live longer, even given your genetic predisposition to not having a
4: healthy heart? Uh, let me tell you, absolutely, Catherine. Uh, I'm in that boat with you. 41-year-old sister who's dead of a heart attack, 45-year-old brother who's dead of a heart attack, uh, and even the youngest sister in my family, who we're not really sure exactly what she died of, but we think she may have also had some heart problems. So that's a strong family history, okay? Yeah. So, you know, incorporating these three pillars of health, I have absolutely no problem in saying absolutely. Exercise, responsible use of these supplements, and watching what you eat can, in fact, prevent a uh, heart disease. So, Dr. Cooper, what do you do for the third one,
2: diet, personally? How do you keep your heart healthy with your diet? What's your diet?
4: Uh, My my daily routine is just a small breakfast. I take what I call a power breakfast. I look at uh, getting a nice uh, uh, orange juice or something full of carbs in it, uh, a power drink uh, of some nature. Uh, I also look to get a little extra fiber in the morning, a whole grain uh, bread, or oatmeal Okay, is a very good source of fiber as well. Uh, and then I try to snack. I take a snack in the mid-morning between my cases, Uh, and then noon is a big, big salad. I mean, I go heavy on the salad, because what that does is if I put that in me first, okay, then I'm going to be full after I'm done, Uh, and I'm not going to want that big, you know, beautiful piece of cheesecake sitting up on the shelf. Uh, And then mid-afternoon, again, I look for a snack, trail mix, stay away from the vending machines, Uh, and then at night I eat a sensible uh, dinner that incorporates uh, protein, uh, carbohydrates, uh, a little bit of fat, if you will, that's going to probably end up being in the, in the meat source. So I try to eat a very healthy and sort of well-balanced. I'm not you know, overly engaged in these high-protein, low-protein. I don't get into that. I think those things are very fattish. I think it's a matter of balance.
2: Yeah, balanced and sensible. It sounds sensible, and you can eat at home. I mean, you're describing your diet. You can eat it. You can go out to restaurants, and you can go to somebody else's house and not be on some special kind of diet where you can't eat anything. One minute left, Dr. Cooper. Give us just one piece of advice for people who want to start a heart-healthy regimen.
4: The thing is, is go to our website, uh, www.lifesupplemented.org. There's a bunch of information, tons of information there on nutrition. And then also take the My Wellness Scorecard uh, tool assessment. It assesses your health. It will give you a score at the end. Hope you, hopefully you're not an O-well. Hopefully you're an alpha-well, which is at the top of the heap. But it gives you an overall assessment of where you are. Uh, and then you can come back to that later. Incorporate the plan, the exercise, the supplement usage, and the diet. And then come back to it several months down the road and see how well you've done. Terrific, and work towards being an alpha-well
2: person. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Dr. William Cooper.
4: Thank you, Catherine. Enjoyed it. Take care.
2: Thank you. Have a great day. Lauren, we're going to take a short break, but Lauren and I will be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Lauren Deller, Catherine Zock, Voice America.
0: Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
3: If you want to put the pet back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never ending, ever flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. You know, dance is life life is dance broadcast every saturday morning at 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern on the voice america radio network be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide can't stop now are you ready to go green you've asked and we've heard you voice america presents the green talk network
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion
1: counts voiceamerica.com you're listening to the katherine zock show if you'd like to join our conversation this morning call now the toll-free number is 866-472-5788 that number again is 866-472-5788
2: we're back, good morning, and thanks for joining us this morning, Katherine Sox with Lauren Beller, Voice America and you can call us at eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven looking for some help on this show as well, so if you want to call that not, not that number, but I have an eight hundred number I'll give you the eight hundred number if I can remember it sometimes I can't remember my eight hundred number, Lauren, because I never call it do you ever
3: I don't have an eight hundred number, so I don't have to remember it, and I don't know yours either.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I just blanked on what it is the eight hundred number. Anyway, you can email me at catherinezox at gmail dot com, and uh, if you're interested in uh, doing some part time work on the Katherine Zox Show, that's catherinezox at gmail dot com. Uh, I can't give you the 800 number because I can't remember it. Oh, wait. well, you can call 866-472-5788, says Ruben, my board office, so you can call there if you want to work on the show. 866-472-5788. And you know what? You can call just anyway if you have something to say or you want to, uh, uh email us, uh, Any uh, suggestions Uh, you want to – we're open, right, Lauren?
3: Open to anything. Yeah,
2: almost anything. Okay, Dr. William Cooper, he was – you know, I like this because he obviously has an interest. For those of you who are joining us, this is a a physician uh, cardiologist, Emory University School of Medicine, talking about being heart healthy. He obviously comes from a family like I do with – Unhealthy hearts, two siblings, I think, who died in their early 40s. So uh, real important to get into this heart health thing, I think. And uh, although I don't see Americans doing it, Lauren, I was watching The Biggest
3: Loser last night. Well, if you're going to watch that, you're not going to see it, you silly girl. 400 pounds. (laughs) 400 pounds. Crazy.
2: Uh, Father and son, I think, I I don't know if the, the son weighed over 400 pounds and the father may have weighed that much or more because they were a team. They come in teams, mother, daughter, father, son. Have you ever, ever watched the show?
3: I never, I never have seen the show. I have to say. I'm not a big TV person. I no, know. I never watch the show.
2: I wake up in the morning and I turn on all my TVs. <laughs> I'm like a radio station. I mean, television station. I have one in the bedroom, one in the den, one in the kitchen, and all over the place, one in my office. I've got TVs going so I know what's happening from the moment I wake up in the morning. You're
3: funny.
2: Yeah. Uh... I like to be informed.
3: I guess you do. No yeah. surprises for you.
2: <laughs> so, all right. Well, tell me this. Uh, I, I, you and I were talking yesterday or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. But uh, back to our president, Barack Obama, who's got a big road ahead of him, and he's uh, yeah trying to get this bill passed. What did you think about, uh, what was it, Bank of America or Citicorp or whatever it was where we have bailed them out for $50 billion and they were going to buy that. That,
3: Yeah. It makes me ill. It really does. It turns my stomach to think that we have such irresponsible leadership in corporate America. Well, they
2: backtracked on it. Now they're not going to buy it. But, I mean, to me. They
3: were putting energy into it. They were thinking about it.
2: Yeah. Well, they had put in the order like two years ago, and now they say, well, they're going to lose some money. Well, that's too
3: bad. That is too bad. Yeah.
2: But if we're going to give all of this money, this is just from a, I, I mean, I don't really understand the bill. I haven't seen it. I suppose you can if you go online. But, I mean, you're bailing out for almost a trillion dollars. Don't there have to be very rigid restrictions in terms of how this money can be used?
3: Well, the sad part for me – I agree with you. And the sad part is that we have to have such restrictions that they're not thinking responsibly as leaders. Well, if they were, we wouldn't have been in this mess in the first place, right? Exactly right. So that brings me back to the beginning of, okay, if they're not being responsible leaders, then why should they have such a large amount of money to work with? Uh,
2: Yeah, maybe you have to get rid of those people and bring in new. I I think there's, you know, the old guys who are, and most of them were old guys doing this, uh, running these companies into the ground and taking these huge, what are you, golden parachutes of Uh multi-million dollars, maybe they need to be replaced. But anyway, this is what I, this is a book I have to recommend. This is, and you and I just kind of touched on this, Barack Inc., Winning Business Lessons of the Obama Campaign. Great book, Barry Liebert and Rick Falk. I interviewed Barry Liebert and it's an, it's a fascinating book because he compares Barack Obama's campaign, uh, and learning the lessons from that campaign, how Barack Obama won the election and applying those tactics, uh, to corporate America. And he had three different strategies, three pillars. We're into pillars today. We had the first one was pillars of health, right? Funny. This is also, this must be a new buzzword. Three pillars of Obama's successful campaign strategy. Let's talk about them because you're the business person.
3: I want to hear what they are.
2: All right, well, one of them is, the first one that he did, and he says this is what um, successful companies do also, creating a vast online community of supporters by harnessing the power of online social technologies, which includes blogs, text, video, and even iPhone application. Well, you have so to he, create, well, yeah, one more thing, you have to create a community of stakeholders, and that's how you do it. And well, using technology. Using technology, networking technologies are the most effective community building tools ever available.
3: It's interesting because that's his background. He was a community organizer from years ago, and he's using the new technology to do what he probably did 20 years ago.
2: And he's saying that uh, toy- he, he makes uh, his, his techniques, Barack Obama's Internet techniques, networking technologies, uh, similar ones from the corporate world, which includes Toyota's YouTube campaign. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think so. Neither have I. Coca-Cola's Facebook group. These are all the ones oh, that I you see, use. Yeah, I
3: didn't know Coca-Cola had a Facebook group. Yeah,
2: so, okay, Coca-Cola's Facebook group. And Comcast, big, big, big master of Twitter, mastery of Twitter.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. They, I didn't know Comcast was behind Twitter. Yeah, so all of the information.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So all these big companies are using Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It that's really makes
5: sense,
3: and it, it's interesting because it's to catch up at this point is um, it's like it feels like you're way behind if you're not online, doesn't
2: it? The, you are. <laughs>
3: it's true. <laughs> I
2: am. And, and uh, yeah, if you, if you don't use this community of online social technologies, technologies then you are behind. So, uh, What's an iPhone application? Do you have an iPhone or do you I have do a iPhone? I do not have an iPhone
3: yet, um, but it's, it's a, allowing you to use a lot of the capabilities that your computer has on your phone. So it's just very Internet. It's an Internet smartphone, very Internet smart, like you can do most anything you can do on the web on your phone.
2: I can't decide between the iPhone and a Blackberry Tell me what I, I should the get The iPhone
3: is the newer, the more new I, I, If I were having to choose, I would go iPhone
2: and, But you're not choosing, you're not going to get one?
3: Not yet I'm, I'm at my, I work out of my home, so very seldom am I away from my desk You know, I'm in my home, or I take my computer with me So I'm not, I'm not you know, I don't think I need it at this point But if I was traveling more, I would definitely get an iPhone
2: I just bought a Sony Vio, a new one. I have one that's like five years old because, you know, I travel a lot. So I was in New York City a couple weeks ago, and I went into the Sony thing on Madison Avenue. And I went in, I was going to buy the bottom of the line. But, of course, I always end up buying the top of the line. Once I get there, they convince uh-huh. me. I am so gullible. And I go in there, and there's a pretty big difference in price and color and all the, you know, it's, they, they're they really, they're very, they fit in your pocketbook. Mine does, too. amazing. Yeah, they're very cool. Have you seen them? Go online. Look up Sony Bio. And they are very cool. They are. It's a. You can put it in your pocketbook.
3: Oh, I have to check that out. Mine is yeah. so big and clunky. I, so do you use that just as your travel tool, or is that, yeah. do you use it at your desk?
2: I use it as a travel tool. I don't use it at my desk. My desk gets too small for that. But anywhere you go, just put it in your pocketbook. You've got your computer with you. Done.
3: I love that.
2: Yeah, Sony Bio. And it comes in, well, the... It comes in actually. You can get it in that green. Green is in, so it has that, that lime uh,
3: green. I love that lime green.
2: Yeah, it's a green. Well, this is a little darker than the lime green, ladies. But you know, it, it's that it's green because we're going green, and green is a popular oh, oh, color. I see. But did when
3: you
2: get you, the green one? No, because when you upgrade, you can only get it in black. Oh. <laughs> And he said it's solid state, and you want to get a solid state Sony Vio one because if you drop it, then it won't break. And I have dropped it in the airport. You know, when I'm trying to flip out my computer, do you ever do that when you have to
3: put it? Yeah, in little, yeah. Lot, and these days, you can get those special um, carry cases, so you don't have to flip it out anymore. You just run it through it in its own special case. Didn't they sell you that too? No. So oh, tell me what You that need is, to get one idea. of those. What a is travel it? friendly. It's called a what's it called a I try not travel friendly, but it's, I mean, literally, you just run your bag through. There's no taking it out anymore, if you have the right case. So where do you get it? You buy it online? You can buy it online. I think I saw them the other day, believe it or not, at REI, you know, the outdoor place. I'm pretty sure I saw some there, but I just bought, that's what Rob got for Christmas, is one of those new bags.
2: That's what I need.
3: Yeah, it makes it easy. You just throw it, you put your, it's a special bag, and you just unzip the section, and you run it through just everything intact.
2: Yeah, because the other way, it's like, old fa- oh, so oh, then, I, a lot then, more then I would have had to bought, that, bought the solid-state one but, that I'm you always... you know,
3: you're really in now because you now have your computer in your purse, so you're not carrying all this big luggage. And all of these um, new the airports now have free wireless, a lot of airports now.
2: Yeah, they do. I almost missed my plane at O'Hare with that.
3: <laughs> the plane you were was, you know, I mean,
2: Lauren, the plane was so late... So I'm sitting there and I'm doing and suddenly, oh my god, I'm running down. I almost missed the plane. Oh my goodness. Cuz I got so engrossed in what I was doing. You know That's when you're online funny. and you can get easily involved, yeah, involved. You know, our guest we're going to we talk about him. We got a couple minutes and then we'll take a break. But the next guest and this is this is also this is this is all your stuff today. Well, no, this part is business expert Andrew J. Sherman and he's a lawyer. Um and he has been well, I'm going to give his uh Bio here before we go to break. Anyway, he's written seventeen highly acclaimed business books. Wow, he's an attorney, yeah, advising Fortune 500 companies for 27 years on business strategy, growth, and development, and now he has turned his attention attention to personal growth and development. Left the boardroom and drawing on his personal experiences and wisdom to show readers how to refine life's priorities. Huh. Well, nice. He. And he has 12 ru- road rules for do- for living a happier, more successful life. I wonder if you just follow six of them, you could be happy. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the book is Road Rules, Be the Truck, Not the Squirrel. So think about that during the break. What does that mean? What does Andrew Sherman mean when he says, be the truck and not the squirrel? What do you think?
3: Okay, run over.
2: You Exactly. Don't get run over. Be the one to run everybody else over. I don't know if
3: that's a yeah, good Yeah, really. Thing. I'm not sure I want to do that.
2: Well, anyway, that's think funny. about it during the break. Lauren and I, Lauren Beller, Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller, who is president and CEO of Big Fish Nation. I'm Catherine Zox, and you're listening to Voice America. And she and I will be back in a minute with Andrew Sherman, Road Rules, Be the Truck, Not the Squirrel.
0: Inside the World of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, .cision us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time. on the Voice America Business Network. It's time for dramatic action in your business and in your life. Join us each week for a program that says it all. Power Talk. When talent and passion collide, success is inevitable. Showcases professionals who have succeeded in sales, business, entrepreneurship, and life. This show is about successful professionals for successful professionals. Listen for Power Talk. When talent and passion collide, success is inevitable. With host Andrea Siddig rolf Every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern day Renaissance man, Ori Hoffmechler, dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within, broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning, Catherine Zox,
2: and Lauren Beller, we're on Voice America, and I'm your social worker with the microphone. Just before we took the break, Lauren and I were talking about our next guest, I know he was listening because he's already here, Andrew J. Sherman, Esquire, author of Road Rules, Be the Truck, Not the Squirrel, we're trying to figure out what that meant, Um, sounds like you want to be the truck and not the squirrel, obviously, but why, and uh, he is Highly acclaimed author of 17 books, advisor to Fortune 500 companies. Now he is actually getting out of the boardroom, drawing on his own personal experiences to show readers how to refine life's priorities. Boy, most of us probably need to do that. And he's got 12 road rules. That's it for living a happier, more successful life. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Andrew.
5: It's great to be here, and, uh, yes, I was listening in, and I'm anxious to address Lauren's comment about running things over. (laughs) uh, It was a very fair comment, and it's not the first time I've been asked that. So uh, whenever you're ready, I will will clarify the the subtitle of the book.
2: All right, we're ready. Go ahead. Tell us, running things over.
5: Well, first of all, uh, I I totally uh, understand Lauren's concern. There is no desire or advice uh, on any page in the book. Uh, to, to be one who runs other people over, actually quite the opposite. The second road rule, as you know, is share the road, which is probably the most important road rule of all the 12. And we can talk about that in a second. But in terms of the subtitle, if you think about the ecosystem of the highway of life, at the far end of one end of the ecosystem is the truck, strong, durable, powerful, able to traverse difficult roads, Uh, Most importantly, the truck is the carrier of valuable cargo for the benefit of others. Uh, Trucks always have a destination. They're not, you know, wandering about. You never see a truck out on a a casual Sunday drive. You know, they're mission-driven. They're purposeful. Uh, Squirrels, on the other hand, while they're very cute and furry, and I certainly don't want any of them to die. I don't want calls from PETA or SPCA. (laughs) uh, uh, You know, they're scampering about always looking for their next acorn. They seem to have no direction, uh, no purpose. And I just don't want anybody who reads the book or any of your listeners today um, to live their lives like squirrels, especially in this economy. We, we need to be more like the truck um, and in, in, our, in our vision, in our purpose, uh, and in what we're trying to accomplish in our lives. Yeah, so I've never it, liked squirrels.
2: I'm going to say that as an aside, to be honest, they're rodents. I guess I've never—they've never appealed to me. So maybe for good reason. I don't know. Not that you have to run—run run them over, as you say. But uh, okay, let, let this economy. I think this is your book is obviously it's timely, Andrew, because you know what—you know—people are feeling really stressed, vulnerable. You know, these rocky economic times. It's really difficult. How do we redefine our life's priorities when our whole financial net worth is? suffering.
5: Well, I think it's an, it's an amazing question, and I, I've got about three hours worth of answers, so get comfortable. <laughs> okay. um, no, I, I know we don't have that much time in the segment, but, you know, I guess one of the first things I would recommend to readers is to take a look at road rule number seven, which is don't fear the back roads. Um, unfortunately, I mean, even earlier this week, I think it was Monday, about 70,000 Americans lost their job, and that's a horrible experience for anybody who's been through it. At the same time, that could be a siren call. You know, maybe it's time to take yourself off the main highway or the commute that you normally drive and explore the back roads. All of the great literature over time, you know, from Walden Pond to Jack Kerouac's on the road, have have always urged us that our best creativity, our best innovation, our best thinking takes place when we take ourselves off the main highway with everybody else and on to the back roads of life. And I think that that's, you know, one key thing. Uh, that I would look at. A second road rule I would refer to in response to your question is about building your own dashboard for life. Many of us define ourselves by the value of our home, the value of our 401K. We're we're busy looking at whether we've lived a good life based on quantitative rewards. This is not a time to do that. If you're going to decide whether you've been a good and successful person on this planet based on your 401K account, You're going to be very disappointed right now. Um, If, on the other hand, you look at how many people have I helped, how many people have I made happy, how many people did I make smile, you know, I think you're looking at a whole different set of gauges and barometers on your dashboard. And now's the time to be redefining some of those gauges. I mean, I know I'm like many Americans. I I don't even open up the envelope. You know, I I just let it go in a folder. I, I can't let... The economy defined me as a person. i got to keep doing what I believe in doing, and I urge our listeners to do the same.
2: Right. So you would say, Andrew, it's not irresponsible to just not open them. That's what I do, too, not open them up. You know, you're getting all your, you know, all that financial stuff. Just put it in a folder and go ahead with whatever your plans are. Well, you know, I I would say it this way. I'm not
5: a financial planner, so I don't want to give that advice. But I would say, look, you and Lauren sound from from – the the phone like you're about twenty five twenty seven years old from the energy in your voices and so if you're as young as Catherine and Lauren um, and you've got a lot of life ahead of you then then yeah it's not irresponsible to open the envelope you, you these are retirement accounts and for those of us that are twenty and thirty and forty years away from retirement I don't know that you need to you know look at things on a monthly basis to uh, uh, to to get some comfort I would say that the listeners that are just a few years away from retirement uh, this You do need to look at the envelopes. You do need to meet with financial planners. You do need to, you know, rethink your retirement plans because the market's pretty beat up. Uh, same thing goes with home values. You know, home values are only relevant if you're buying or selling or refinancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're going to come home every day to your place of sanctity and decide that your home is bad because it's gone down 10%, um, you know, that's a really silly way of, 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 of looking at your home and the purpose of the home in the first place.
2: So, Andrew, what are some of the questions we should ask ourselves in order to determine our true life path? And as you say, it depends on how old you are, 20, 30, 40, 60. But, uh, so listeners are sitting here, what do I need to ask myself so that I can get on the, the, the path that that's good for me, that's going to point you sure. right there Sure. Well, there's a, there's
5: a series of questions in the book. I mean, I think we have a sense of how connected we are to our life's path. Are you on a path that's making you happy both financially and non-financially? Are you doing the kinds of things uh, that feel are consistent with what you were put on this earth to do? Uh, I talk in the book about, you know, I have the heart of an educator. I finally realized that about five years ago that whether I'm in the classroom, the boardroom, writing, speaking, I'm happy when I'm educating. I'm happy when I'm sharing with people. I'm almost indifferent whether I'm doing it As a partner at a big law firm, or whether I'm doing it in a classroom to a bunch of MBA students. I think that there's a lot of people out there right now that have not connected with their true life's path. They need to do some thinking, and like I said, maybe a weak economy when people are losing their jobs or being forced to redefine themselves a bit is a great time to be doing that. Um, Because this is when we have the time, when we're all really busy. Uh, and the economy is booming, is the worst time to be redefining your life priorities and figuring out whether you're on the path that you ought to be on.
2: Yeah. so use this crisis as a positive thing to turn your life around. Exactly. But what was the defining, I want to get personal, because, Andrew, what was the defining moment for you? You realized, I'm a teacher, whether I, as you say, whether I'm at a big law firm in D.C. or whatever I'm doing, I like to teach. I'm an an educator, as you say. So what was, how, how did you come to this realization?
5: Well, it's a, it's a very fair question. It's a very hard one, as you know. I don't know that it was a specific event, but I will share with you and the listeners a conversation that I had. I was struggling with uh, classic, what I'd call, either-or questions. You know, uh, University of Maryland wants me to teach more and more courses. I'm busy at the office. You know, what do I do? What choice do I make? Uh, and I think, it, you know, there, there was a book written years ago, I don't even know the author's name, but, you know, The Power of the And. Um, it wasn't, what I finally figured, it wasn't about either or. It was about and. Um, the the other thing that I figured out, and I share this in the book, is this whole, uh, the, the the message of the Zen master, the, the Zen master passage that I share in the book about people who have uh, uh, achieved true Zen master status, no longer distinguish between work and play. To them, it's the same. Um, So many of us think, oh, you know, I'm only working so I can play more. Well, what happens in your life when you reach the epiphany that your work is your play? I mean, let me ask you right now. You know, you're on the air. This is your show. I'm sure you work very hard. Uh, to, to put it all together with your producers and co-hosts and everything else, but frankly, do you feel like you're working right now? No,
2: I love it. I mean, I think exactly. you just hit let, on it. Let, yeah. Bingo.
5: No further questions, Your Honor. No. I mean, that that's exactly my point. You love what you're doing. You don't feel like you're at work right now, and, and no different than you may think that you're at play when you're reading uh, a good book um, uh, from an author that's coming up on your show next week. You know, I think that that's That's that place that we all need to strive to get to, and if we can get there, I promise you we're going to all be a lot more enlightened and happier.
2: Well, I think we're going to be able to get there if people, uh, listeners, readers, get out there, buy your book, because it really is you know, we've kind of just touched on some of the stuff that's in the book, Road Rules, Be the Truck, Not the Squirrel, Andrew J. Sherman, Esquire. Do you have a website we can go to? or the
5: Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. The, the book's website is bethetruck.com, uh, com. There's a link to the Amazon site to buy the book. It's doing remarkably well right now. I uh, I wrote the book for fun, and it's uh, it's been immensely pleasurable to see how people have reacted to the book. Uh, as a result. And so uh, I've got nothing to sell, nothing I'm trying to push. Just uh, enjoy the book for what it is, and I I hope that uh, your listeners will do so.
2: Yeah, well, you're certainly, I guess, one of these people, obviously, who is, your work is your pleasure, no matter what you do, as you say, whether you're teaching or writing or lawyering. Did I say you're a partner at Dixon Shapiro in uh, Washington, D.C., right?
5: yes and uh yes my 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 work is my play. I don't distinguish between the two and I, and I wish that for everybody I come in contact with and you know if if that's not how you feel right now uh it's not too late to change i mean i I was on the air the other night with uh, a woman that is in her her late seventies and is uh, broadcasting, and that's something she always wanted to do, and now she's doing it and you know it it, it is never too late to change the path you're on you you're in control of that.
2: Glad you added that. That's great. Seventy years old, and she's finally doing what she wants to do. Hey, folks, you don't have to wait till that long. But anyway, thanks so much for joining us this morning, Andrew. Andrew and, J. Uh, Sherman. Uh, great. Um, have a great day.
5: Thank you. And, Lauren, did I answer your question? You
2: did. Thank you. All right. Thanks.
5: <laughs> Thank I just That's been on my mind for 15 minutes now. I want to make sure that we close the loop on that.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.
5: You guys yeah. have a great day. You
2: All right. Too. Thanks, Andrew. we rules: be the truck, not the squirrel. We're going to take a short break. Lauren Deller, Catherine Zox, Voice America. We'll be back in a minute. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let's change be a positive force in your life
0: hi my name is stanley and i've been arrested for stealing shoes I didn't really steal them, but I've been sent to Camp Green Lake anyway. The worst punishment a kid could get. And at Camp Greenlake, we dig holes. Lots of holes. I've only been here a short time, but I think the camp director is up to something. I'm Stanley Yelnatz, and I'm covering more than dirt at Camp Greenlake. Explore New Worlds. Read my story in the novel Holes by Lewis Sacker. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America
2: Talked with Lauren Deller on Voice America, and good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us so early in the morning. Lauren, I have to ask you, what about these eight babies, these octuplets? Oh, what do you think about that?
3: You know, I was having a discussion with my mother-in-law last night about this. And we were watching the news. She was visiting, and um, I just think it's just not natural. How do you care for eight babies well? I don't know how you do it. You don't. I don't think you do. I mean, they're not going to even know their parents.
2: (laughs) I think it's impossible. I was having this discussion with my mother as well, and we agreed. It's having a school. You know, and I think the thing that bothers me, I always they, they talk about there are 46 doctors and nurses delivering these babies. It's kind of like this, I don't know, people are going to get angry at me maybe, but this wonderful feat, and they were able to bring these eight babies into the world, and I, but I think it 's more sometimes I feel it 's like more for the doctors kind of like they can prove that they can do this scientifically, but then these people are left with eight babies, and how about eight toddlers and how about
3: eight eight kids in college? How about
2: eight kids going to the doctors just if they 're normal and healthy or eight kids huh. trying to it's we 're not well first of all emotionally financially, we are not as up to do that in our, I mean, we're not prepared. We we aren't prepared to do. I don't care how much help you have, and you bring all that help into your house. What is that? You you have no privacy with your partner or your spouse or your kids. Think about um, the cost of it. You what? The cost
3: of it. Yeah, and the all that cost help. Of I mean, it. for one, it's costly, and it takes, but it does go down dramatically. But still, I yeah, I don't. It, to me, it's not normal and natural, and it's just I don't know. I it's I can see having. I me personally, I could never have eight kids. But I can see having eight one at a time. That's very different. Hugely different, and that would be a natural way to have a baby. You know, you have ba- it's just our bodies even are not meant to have eight babies at the our same time. That's a litter.
2: It's a litter. We're not made to do that, and it's kind of like this Frankens—I think it's this Frankenstein mm-hmm. thing that they've sort of gotten into with you know eight babies. And you said like if you want eight children one at a time. After one, then it's another decision to have another one and it's yeah. another decision to have another one. And yeah, so if you have a good t-
3: job and you're feeling like it's you know, it's working for everybody, then you have another one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, my, my, gra- my, I, th- I, God, I'm sorry. My grandmother had twelve,
3: but even by know. the
2: time the twelfth one by the time she had the last one, the older ones were in college and gone. So it wasn't as if there were twelve kids in the house the at the same mind. time.
3: Right yeah that's the, that would be a more normal, natural way to do it. Natural yeah. is probably the better word, but you know it's to me this whole in vitro thing has really gotten out of control. you know people are having we had our neighbor across the street had five not too long ago five.
2: Have you seen her since
3: she <laughs> I've never met her. she was on the news. yeah, I was like, oh that she lives right near us across the street. She was on the news. she made the news because she had five babies. I haven't seen her since, but I've never seen her before that either. <laughs>
2: She's probably still in the house, five babies. I mean, and you're up all night, and I mean, you can go on and on. I just find it, the word irresponsible, just because we can do something scientifically doesn't mean that we should. Uh, But we
3: haven't come to a, like, it's such a new technology, and I use that word technology. It's such a new technology that we haven't, the ethics of it and the the repercussions of it I don't think have really hit, so we're not doing anything about it. So we're not seeing it as... um, there's different op- options and ways to handle it.
2: Ethical is a good word. And a lot of these kids, even aren't healthy, and they have a lot of problems and a lot of, uh, you know, because being, you know, weighing a pound and a half at birth or two pounds at birth, and they have uh, a lot of residual problems for the rest of their lives, you know, developmental problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that whole issue of ethics and morality. What are, You know, I wonder what our listeners think. We should, uh, if you have...
3: I'm I'd love give to that... know, because I know that there's people that have been through in vitro, and they're still happy with what they've done. So that's in a whole other perspective.
2: Yeah, but do they have eight kids or six kids? or?
3: But, no, they probably have two and three and four, and that's probably hard, too. Yeah. All right, four? Can you be four babies? I, mean, I couldn't three. do four. Neither could I. I mean,
2: I think twins are difficult. Eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. 472 Guest call-in number is 866-472-5787.
3: What do you think about that? What do you think? I mean, do you think we have to... I don't know what you do. Do What do we do about it? I mean, there's got to be a solution to it so that people aren't going home with eight babies. And at the same time, I'm sure that those people with eight babies, they'd say, oh, which one... How could I ever give them up? And I can see that, too. Yeah. How could I ever choose... It's the same thing, that's the beginning
2: of life, and we have the same problem with the end of life, just because we, you know, in in terms of being able to prolong life, and I'm putting that in parentheses, and you have people who are in a position where they're brain dead or they're, you know, they're in excruciating pain or whatever, and we can't let them go because we can keep them alive, and is that cruel? I mean, it's more, is that ethical? I mean, just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should. I, I think
3: exactly, that's... and uh, but it's a whole new area of ethics for us, and we haven't addressed it, and we we will. I think we'll have to.
2: Yeah, and I think particularly with this in vitro thing, because it's it uh, they're going to be able to save all of these babies. I think sometimes what's happened in the past with this in vitro stuff is that not all the babies. I don't even mean the babies; the embryos don't even survive, so it hasn't been an issue. But as science gets more refined, it become and it, be- it they can keep all of these babies. In vitro, in utero, and then they're even, yeah, and they're
3: also still freezing embryos. So you have, you know, people ten years later. Okay, let's now have that baby.
2: Have you ever thought about freezing an embryo?
3: No, I personally haven't. (laughs) I haven't been through it enough to know. I have friends that have. Have you?
2: Oh, tell us. I mean, you don't have, you know, give us their name and address. uh... No. So what were they they were young not married deciding they wanted to have their career froze their embryos no 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 not. um
3: this actually, this person just had a baby and she, I, I'm pretty sure she froze two or three others I could be wrong about that but I know her sister did so um yeah people do it all the time and but I think the smart time to do it is when you're 20 or 25 then you freeze them so that when you're 35 40 you decide that you're you're done your career thing, and you it's stable, and it's, it's where you want it, and then you want to have a baby, that's probably a smart way to do it, but you're not usually with that life partner then. Yeah, well, you could whose embryo is it? Well, it's the embryo is the um, egg and the sperm that are already together.
2: So, let's say you're not with that same partner. Well, yeah,
3: it, f- and see, they're not good yet at freezing eggs. We will get there. I'm sure scientifically we'll get there, but they're good at freezing sperm, and they're good at freezing embryo, but not good at freezing um, just the eggs. So a woman can't really do that yet. It's not our science isn't there. But I guarantee we're going to be there. Give us ten years. Science is amazing. Laura, and again, what, it's an ethical issue.
2: It is an ethical issue. But what about your like you're saying, say you're you know, you've got your career, you haven't decided who you want to be with on a long term basis, you could actually have your egg fertilized by a anonymous firm. You could. You could freeze it. It's yep. your embryo, it doesn't belong to anybody else, and then when you decide to use it, if you do, then you can Do that at a later date.
3: You can do that. Can you You totally do that? And a lot of I know a woman that wishes she did. She's forty. She's my age. She's forty-one or two. Um, I'm a little older than that. But um, I thought you were in your twenties. Twenty-seven. That's right. Twenty-seven. Yeah. At least I sound it right. But she is kicking herself. She she said she wishes she knew, and she thinks that's a great new business idea. Here she is. She's forty-two or whatever. She thinks that's a great new business idea to educate you know, 20-something women to help tell them that, you know, if you're a career-minded person, freeze your eggs, freeze your embryos, get some embryos ready so that when you're 40, because you can't have kids now.
2: Talk about taking control of your life, ladies. I'd say. This is great advice so you don't have to worry about whether you're going to find that man and the the biological clock is running out. That issue will be not an issue. It's a non-issue, that biological clock thing. That's
3: exactly right.
2: Good information. I didn't realize you couldn't (laughs) freeze eggs. I didn't know that. You can't freeze an egg, but you can freeze sperm and you can freeze embryo. We've got 30 seconds left. Lauren Deller, Big Fish Nation. Go to your website because always new stuff is happening. Uh, Catherine Zox, Voice America, you've been listening to us. I hope you had a great time because we did. We always do. Uh, Have a good week, and we'll see you next week.
0: Have you ever thought about having your own internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Well, I was out with my girlfriends the other night... On my way back to my car, a guy jumped out from behind an SUV. Fortunately, I had...